Craig, is that you? Is that you? Is it you? Yeah, it is me. It's it is you. Me. It's I me. Know. It's me. It's so, you. In 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 this time, I have uh, in this time between these podcasts, I have uh, turned uh, a, a year older. Um, I'm. Uh, Whoa! It's been <laughs> I, that, I, I'm, that's been a long three I've, weeks. I've I've I'm switching jobs. I'm gonna have a new job like on uh, on Monday. Um, Good lord! Yeah, man. I've been. I, you know, I've taken a couple weeks off, <laughs> taken a couple little mini, mini, mini trips, you know, that's part of the reason why we haven't recorded in a while. Jeff and I have been just kind of, Jeff had spring break. I had my own little spring break in between jobs, um, which by the way, I get paid for because parental leave in Washington. Woo. Yeah. Thank you everyone who doesn't have kids Love that. still pays taxes for it. Thank yeah. You. Thank taxes you. are good. Actually. I'm just going to say <laughs> that. I'm going to say that nice and loud for my neighbor across the street who replaced his uh, don't tread on me flag with his taxation is theft flag. Ah, yes. So I'm like, All oh, right. you, like you like those roads, don't you, buddy? You, you like, All right. You like, so. Uh, oh, we're not going to go down that road. Is that what you're saying? No, nope. This is podcast <laughs> versus everyone. Episode number 120. Um, I'm your host, Craig Powers. With me is my co-host. Jeff Newser. That's uh, if me. You don't remember what our voices sound like because it's been so long. <laughs> you sound um, older. Yeah. Um, a big reason why Jeff and I don't really care about spring football that much, especially when we can't go to the game and drink with each other. Yeah. Um, there's, I mean, the, the big thing for spring football, I think, is the quarterback battle this year because, um, we don't know who's going to be quarterback, and we got a new guy. We got a grad transfer in. We got a returning guy who's barely played. Uh, we have a freshman who was the starter who has not played because of uh, he's in trouble. He's suspended for DUI. Um, uh, we had a we had another guy who hadn't played uh, transfer out. So basically, it's down to those three. But in spring ball, it's only down to the two: Cameron Cooper and Jarek Guarantano. Um, mm. I I gotta tell you. Um, I don't think either of like jump doesn't seem to jump out. Like it seems like they're still splitting splitting reps quite a bit. Um, they they seem to have had similar stats in the scrimmages. I think Guarantano had a better first scrimmage. Uh, but again, it's like they're throwing like eight passes. So yes, I I, I, I mean no decisions are getting no decisions are getting made this spring, right? I mean it's yeah. it's just. <sighs> You know they're going to get lots of reps. It, it definitely helps them both. And that, and Jaden Delora is going to be yeah. back in the in the fall. I was going to say I, 
Yeah. It helps them both right now. The Jaden Delore is not throwing any passes, right? So it's just mm-hmm. it's really just the two of them along with uh, you know, the freshman or uh, early enrollee Xavier Ward, right? Mm-hmm. But nobody expects him to win the job and it right. certainly sort of looks like that's the plan. He's clearly kind of the third guy at this point. Um, and both, you know, Cooper and Guarantano have been have been fine. The 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 funny part has been uh, watching Tennessee fans slide into Theo's mentions every time he talks about Guarantano looking pretty good. Man, they hate that guy. <laughs> they really do, man. They are like, I don't... I, I'll never understand. It just, Craig, it just means more in the SEC. I, you you have to follow a kid to more. another, right? Uh, to another. Uh, position like it's like like i can't think of one kid like he's gone that, he's out of your hair if you really yeah. hated him that much you don't have yeah, to worry yeah. about him anymore but now you have to follow him to another school and be like exactly Fuck you man like you, <laughs> just wait just wait that's what he does he plays good in practice and then you put him in a game and he's a big choker it's like <laughs> why do you i i cannot think of one player who has left wazoo that I thought, you know what I want to do? I want to go wherever he went and drag that kid. Like, <laughs> right. like what goes through your mind? Now, there have been guys that yeah. have left where I've thought, I want to see how, like Malachi Flynn is a great example of a guy yeah. who left. And I was like, yeah, I'd, I'm, I'm going to try and watch him whenever I can. Like, I'm like, I, I'm invested in, uh, you know, hoping that he does well. Like, there are guys who leave and I want him to do well. I, I cannot think of one kid yeah. where I've thought, and especially a kid who, by all accounts, is a nice kid. Like, well, they yeah. don't, like they don't say anything bad about him as a person. They're not like he was a real jerk. His teammates hated him. He, you know, screwed the team by flunking out of school. None of that yeah. stuff. It's just that he just wasn't good enough for whatever their outsized expectations were. I'm just like, y'all are weird, man. Wait, y'all are ten- weird down Tennessee there. fans have outsized expectations. Really? Yeah, right. <laughs> That's um, the first yeah. I've heard of this. Yeah, and imagine if like uh, last year you every, every time Oklahoma State like mentioned Tay Martin, you were like, "Well, he he had some good games, and then some games he would kind of disappear." And like, "Oh my god, yeah. like you guys just wait." Oh, you he was good wait. this game. You just wait. Like, you just it's- wait. <laughs> it's so weird. It's bizarre. It's absolutely bizarre. It's you know, and honestly, I mean, I, this is probably not the right forum to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. The older I get, the harder time I have being um, just overly critical and overly, uh, I guess critical is just the right word, like like overly invested in what, what these people are doing because I'm just like, they are half my age, man. Like, I'm just like, these are damn children, you know, and, and I know they're, I know they're men by, by law, but you know, more like, it's just like, sometimes I just have such a hard time with. Uh, the way the way other people sort of treat athletes and and well, talk about them, and I've been guilty of it too. So I'm not going to pretend I haven't. But I'm like, the 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 older I get, the more years that go by, the more I'm just like, before I press send on that tweet, I'm like, what am I doing here? Well, <laughs> you know? as 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 I've been uh, reminded of multiple times as we are uh, listening to uh, parenting books on behavior and 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 discipline and things like that and how to deal with crazy kids um uh do you have one of those yeah maybe um <laughs> uh but uh if, like over to, like i've heard it multiple times like your brain is not fully formed until you're like 25 
So, uh, yep. I mean, if you want to cut, if, if you want to go by like brain science, you could say they're still kids. You know, um, they basically are. <laughs> they I act mean, like I, children. If you think about what we were like when we were twenty-one, like it was, you're just your priorities are completely different. Your 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 kind of like belief in self, or I guess it's this belief in uh, um, infallibility. Of, of your of yourself and like oh yeah um you're, you're still not t- typically not as um uh aware of that things going on around you and things like that but or hyper aware because you've just learned about something and you are suddenly an expert in it <laughs> that's yeah uh but uh but yeah so um yeah it's so i don't know uh it it sucks but but back to the actual quarterback battle it doesn't it's kind of like how do you even know because they they have the guy that started last year isn't playing so um and it seems like he's gonna come back i yeah I, he'll be in the mix I, in the fall yeah but it seems like he's not gonna play in spring rolovich has just said he's suspended indefinitely over and over again um yep. but it the interesting thing is they they might be bringing in another QB, like another grad <laughs> yeah. transfer QB. Speaking who, of Tennessee, who, uh, yeah, I was gonna say speaking of Tennessee, oddly enough. Oh man, I don't know. I had never heard of this guy until today, and uh, you know, well, you'll probably you did, you tell on watch yourself like, too. You you didn't watch like Michigan's five games this year, and, and no, see that he no, started, you know, six games. And he like, started five of. Them. <laughs> I'm like, I have never heard of this guy. Oh wait. There's a former four-star quarterback looking to transfer and maybe wants to come here. That's interesting. I will say, former four-star is interesting, of course. His numbers, not very, like, not not setting the world on fire at all. Like, he's like... Uh, I'm sorry. If you're... I'm not sure I want a transfer from Michigan, if I'm just being <laughs> honest. Not a quarterback. Not these days. Like yeah. Jim Harbaugh does not, uh, so he yeah. he doesn't In, he does not know yeah. how to pick them these days. Yeah, there's no. It, the, we're not getting Andrew Luck over here. No, um, no. no. Yeah, so it. But he's, uh, yeah, he is a he. He's four touchdowns, four picks in five games, barely over fifty percent. Really, like 50, you know, uh, not and not not great like rushing numbers either, which could be it's product of the offense as well too, but. Um, yeah, just, uh, and apparently he's, he's going to decide on Saturday night. So he's going to watch our, uh, spring games and then decide, I'm guessing, I don't know. <laughs> well, I'm, I, yeah, I'm sure he's going to be swayed by whatever he sees, uh, on PAC 12 networks. So yeah, he probably, he's probably going to realize he can't actually watch it. Yeah, <laughs> he is though. Um, so if, if we are going to talk about, about the, the merits here, uh, he is a large human. He's a big kid, man. He is 6'5", 250. Like, he is he is a large, large dude. Uh, can apparently throw the ball over them, their mountains. And, uh, yeah, that's about that's can, that's my scouting report, can, Craig. Can can, can uh, sit on his knees at the 50-yard line and throw it through the goalpost, you know? That's uh, the classic one. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure he can. Yeah, so he didn't play. He didn't play much in 2018 or 2019, and he was their starter in 2020. So uh, he's a, a, you know, still technically a junior. Um, so he wouldn't. 
I guess it's a grad transfer. It might just be a, a, a yeah. It is transfer. It's, yeah, it's be, it's being reported as a grad transfer. He says he's working on finishing his degree. Not that it actually matters anymore, because everybody's yeah. going to get one free transfer anyway, starting next mm-hmm. year. So that that'll pass well, this, this summer. It'll yeah. It, it'll go in free. for next yeah. year. So yeah. So it'll be fine. He'll be good. It doesn't really matter if he graduates or not, but, you know, good on him for graduating in three years from Michigan. So that's very cool. And, you know, I mean, you know, if we get him, great. I, I, I'm i not sure why he would want to do this, to be honest. Yeah. Uh, like, that's the part where I'm like, I, I'm, 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 so, I'm a little baffled. Um, I mean, if I'm if I'm a former four star kid and and I'm looking for a landing spot, you know, I'm, I'm, I mean, unless the shine has really just worn off him that much, but you know, I mean, if, if Tennessee wants you and, and we just got done making fun of Tennessee, but you know, but it is, it's the sec. It's certainly a bigger brand name program than, than Wazoo. Um, you know, so maybe, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's sort of an odd, um, it's sort of an odd thing. I look, my money is on him going to Tennessee just because, yeah. because of what we just said, because it just doesn't kind of make sense. Um, you know, given our quarterback situation, I mean, obviously, you know, Guarantano is only going to be around for this year. Um, but you know, so that's one guy in his way to potentially starting this year. And then mm-hmm. you look at the year after that, you know, him and Cooper, are the same age basically. And then you've got a guy who started, you know, a bunch of games, you know, in the, in the COVID year, who's still like a freshman. And then you've got another quarterback on the, I mean, it's just like, you got another true freshman quarterback on the roster who enrolled just not, like it, it doesn't make a lot of sense. And also there was a report that he was going to Tennessee and then he was like, wait, 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 no, 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 I haven't decided yet. Which to me says somebody just jumped the gun on mm-hmm. announcing it. And he wanted to do his little hat dance. So mm-hmm. that, that's, that's my guess. That's how my, that's my guess on how all this plays out that, uh, that he's, he's already committed to Tennessee. He's already going to Tennessee and, uh, he just, he's just trying to, he just wants to have his hat dance, which, you know, God love him, more power to him, you know, have your hat dance. But still, I mean, I guess, I guess it's good that, you know, Rolovich was, uh, you know, in the final two for a guy like this, if he doesn't end up coming. So I guess, I guess that's good. Yeah, and um, obviously they've been looking at the transfer market and uh, hitting it hard, hit, hitting it hard, and um, yeah. So yeah, I mean, good. It's uh, basically spring practice. It's nice that the team has a spring practice this year. Um, yeah, the defense has been great. Sometimes the offense has been great. Sometimes the defense has been bad. Sometimes the offense has been bad. Sometimes. <laughs> We don't Sometimes. know if the if the defense is being bad or the <laughs> offense is being good. I it's it's really hard to tell. Uh, but to really, t- truthfully, we don't have a reporter at the practices. We do have a photographer. Um, you can see his yeah uh, shots. Um, yeah, Jack's uh, so, been there a um, bit. But look, I mean, Theo's been there too, and it's just like yeah. I don't know, man. I, you and I are on the same page on this, right? Like, like we just have a really tough time getting into spring practice. Just that yeah, as, a, as something that is actually like meaningful for analysis. Yeah. yeah I it, mean, like you, you've said, you said on our last episode, like they're just, it's like, you know, they're trying stuff. They're trying things out. Um, but yeah, um, obviously it's, it's nearly through. It's been a whirlwind one, um, really quick one. Um, real bummer that we quick. cannot, 
that we can't go to the game. Uh, obviously, um, um, you know, obviously the some professional uh, teams, uh, Sounders and Mariners and the Rain, have been able to have uh, uh, attendance, but they haven't. There haven't been any approvals for any non-professional teams or non-major league teams. So, like, uh, even I don't think the Rainiers have figured out, like, attendance and things like that. Um, Didn't help that Women County got bumped down to Phase 2 with, along with my county, Pierce County. Um, So uh, That didn't stop you uh, from going to the rain the other night. It did not. (laughs) Uh, But they did. uh, It was like you had to, I think because it was Phase 2, they're like, you have to have your mask on even though there's like they have us like massively spaced out they're like right. you have to have your mask on whether you're if you're not actively drinking or eating and so uh my daughter was just kind of holding the bag of popcorn and and yelling and just occasionally grabbing a piece of popcorn put in her mouth and we got scolded um for that you did so, yeah, oh. we did. A, and an usher came wow. down and told us a mask's on. Whether you're okay, it's okay. She's three. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't think she's uh, a threat. Yeah, so- Sounders uh, were like that too. They were not uh, super overly uh, watchdogish with with the mask, but most people, almost everybody, was was sort of behaving well, and we were all very spread out. So, yeah, um, we were we were very spread out at the. Rain. Uh, I, I had the Summit Club tickets, and that was kind of a bummer. The Summit Club, the like actual area, was not open, um, and then uh, they just had like Summit Club beers at um, some a couple of the concession stands. So I mean, that's what really matters. Uh, I mean, the beer selection was <laughs> the beer selection was a tiny fraction of what it normally is, and I also. When you have a kid, like it's nice to spend some time up and that sit is on true. the tables and stuff That's like that. That's 100% true. Um, get some know, snacks. Yeah, get yeah. they didn't have the snacks, so we had to buy oh. the popcorn. We had to buy a big old box. She wanted the pretzels. That's always her favorite things, the pretzels. Yeah. Although that makes um, sense because up there, like the, the, the pretzel and the popcorn, they put them in a giant bowl. Mm-hmm. So it's like, here, you guys scoop it out into your little tray, you know, which yeah. in the before times was considered an okay thing. Well, and it, it, is there or if or if you're at the the Seven Seas area, they had one of those things where you like turn the knob, and they come out. So maybe that that's a little, but you know everyone's got to touch it, all that. Right. But yeah. So it definitely makes sense that they're not doing the snacks. But um, I will say because they had fewer concession stands open, which of course they would because there's less people there, and um, you did end up with some lines at the concession stands, which kind of defeat the purpose of everything. Yes. Um, yes. Yeah. So, but, uh, but yeah, so that was interesting experience, but we can't have that experience at the spring game. <sighs> um, I'm Sad sure that man. we'll, at this point, I'm pretty sure we'll have attendance, at, yes. at, like probably pretty I'd be shocked. significant attendance at the, um, yeah. the actual football games in the fall. Cause a lot, cause you know, obviously <clears throat> a lot of people are getting vaccinated I got my second shot today. I know you've already had your second shot. Yeah, um, buddy. I am two uh, weeks so, past my second shot. Oh, so you're you're you I'm you're, invincible. You're like the Thanos gif when he I'm gonna go puts, I'm gonna go run naked the through final, the streets. Yeah, like the Thanos gif when he puts the final uh yes. infinity stone in and he That's me. And he feels the power. Um, that is me. But yeah, so I'm I'm I was I was holding out hope 
that they would have the spring game with people at it. I had my my hotel booked, uh, and then I, I, that, but I had you know by Saturday I was like, "That's not gonna happen." I canceled it just so I wouldn't forget to cancel it. Yeah, um, you don't want that. Because uh, I have actually before uh, booked oh, no. two <laughs> booked two hotels for a football game in Pullman, and not realized I did oh. that. And I had uh, I I had one of them call me at like two in the morning and be like, "Are you showing up tonight?" And Ouch. I was like, "Oh no!" And I'm like, "Is there any way they can refund it?" And they're like, "No." <laughs> so I was like, "Damn, that's what I get for like Shit. booking so far in advance and then forgetting that I had booked a hotel." Like, <laughs> that's the worst. So that's why that's I was like, worst. "I gotta cancel this hotel because uh, yeah. I don't want to get Good in plan. that situation again." Good plan. Um, but yeah, so we'll have it on Pac-12 Network if it's like previous. Uh, iterations they'll only show about an hour of it and then they won't show the rest um, obviously the game usually takes a little over two hours but uh, often uh, there's a bunch of spring games on at once and the network is got to show them all and usually it's WSU's that gets trimmed down to an hour uh, so uh, we'll see how it goes see it see how much of it we get to see um, I, I I'm sure I'll watch it. Uh, yeah, I'll watch. And, it's not uh, about the same time as the Sounders playing yeah. LAFC, so I'll probably I'll probably you know sit down, have a beer, watch watch the spring game for a little while, and watch uh, and then watch Sounders for a little while, and you know I mean it's I don't know man my my philosophy on spring games is you know just enjoy the little enjoy the football fun, take it for what it is. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know it, it just enjoy you know, the it's, fun it's, plays that happen. Yeah, it's just a little taste of football. Um, you know, I, 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 it'll be cool to see, uh, see the, it'll be cool to see Guarantano. I've never seen him before. Uh, it'll be cool to see Cooper throw a ball and see if he's, you know, gotten any better. Um, and I mean, cause I mean, sometimes it, it kind of does, you know, give you some Cooper insights was, into what's coming. Who was, who was the all time quarterback at the last time that you had spring yeah. game. Oh my gosh. Poor guy. <laughs> yeah. He's, he's like throwing interception after interception after interception playing both sides. Um, but in that, but speaking of that game, you know, Anthony Gordon was lights out in that mm-hmm. game. And we were just yep. like, you know, is this for real? And then it turned out, yes, this yes, was, was for real. <laughs> right. So, um, so, you know, I mean, there's that there's, you know, there's, there's interesting storylines. I mean, we've got our, you know, annual, could this be the breakout star guy in the, uh, the walk on wide receiver whose name completely escapes me now. Um, yeah. he's, uh, up transferred from central. Right. I think mm-hmm. and I, am, yeah. I feel like such an, such an ass right now for not remembering his name. So, uh, Drake, is that, am I on the right track on that? Anyway, uh, so, it, you know, I mean, I, you know, I, sorry, I'm not, I'm not I, I know jumping you, in. you're not even trying. Uh. Thank you. Uh, but it's, you know, it's, it's just, it's just, you know, it's just fun. It, it is interesting to see. I mean, look, you know, two years ago, I was convinced that, uh, that Cassidy Woods was going to be, you know, the next superstar, right? I mean, this stuff happens at, it's in the spring and they try out lots of stuff. They do a lot of different things. And, you know, so I'm just going to enjoy it for what it is, which is just, you know, like a little glimpse into the team's progress, knowing that a lot can change between now and next fall. I'm interested to see some of the transfers. Um, 
you know, who have come in and, uh, you know, some of the guys who came in, uh, you know, the linebacker from TCU. I'm forgetting all these people's names, so I feel like a real dork right now. Uh, Drake uh, Owen is the wide receiver. Drake Owen, you yes. Okay, right. see, I got that yeah. part right. Uh, Wilson, right? Ben Wilson, the the linebacker from TCU. Interested in seeing him. Uh, and Somebody's probably going to yep. leave a comment on this that says he's actually injured right now because I haven't followed any practice reports. But Yeah. Anyway, yeah, interested to see some of those new guys, and you know, it's just see I Max mean, Borgie they, carry a football. Like that's always good. So they must think be fun. highly of Ben Wilson just because they let him have number nine. Mm. Uh, it's a good, it's a good number. It is um, a good number. For Didn't work out too team. well for McDougal, but yeah, but that's why it's free. That's why number nine is free. <laughs> um, yeah. Uh, so I don't know any anything else you got about no, spring. Ball? That's it, dude. Looking forward to watching it. I will have thoughts next week after we see the game. You know, yeah. So that'll be fun. It'll give yeah, us something to talk fun. about. Yeah, yeah. Um, I think let's just take like just so we get a break and we'll take an early break and then we'll talk hoops, okay. which we're much got more it. excited to talk about. Let's oh, be back we're back you didn't uh, give me you... the little like bump, 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 bump. oh i'm sorry i uh <laughs> i thought you thought thought you were just mixing that stuff in no yourself i i will i will i will i'll i'll do that but you know, um, I, was, I was kind of looking forward to the, the 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 craig version oh i'm sorry I, I i didn't know you wanted me to do your job for you i didn't know <laughs> oh i see how it is yeah um is. so uh what are you drinking I, so, okay, so you made reference earlier to uh, the reason why we haven't recorded in like three weeks. So this all kicked off with me. Uh, I, I actually got to take almost, it was kind of weird. I actually got to take almost two spring breaks. Um, so like I, I almost had two weeks off. You've had two weeks off. <laughs> like we've just been like, it's basically been like summer vacation around here. Um, so Sarah and the kids had spring break the week before my spring break. So Sarah booked a trip to Leavenworth, not realizing that my spring break was actually the next week. And mm-hmm. so I put in for three personal days and miraculously got approved for those. Yeah, I and can't so, believe you got those approved. I, I couldn't <laughs> either. I was like, I was fully <laughs> expecting that Sarah was going to be taking the kids to Leavenworth by herself. Um, or we were going to be taking two cars and I was going to be staying for like one or two days and then coming back. Um, so, But it was a Tuesday through Thursday. So it was like, kind of in the middle of the week, which are, are kind of the best days to get subs. Uh, Mondays and Fridays tend to be a little, uh, mm-hmm. you know, for obvious reasons, tend to be a little yeah. more. Yeah. A little tougher to get. So, okay. So we went to Leavenworth. So that, that all ties into the beer I am drinking uh, is uh, I have a couple of beers here from the Icicle Brewing Company in mm-hmm. uh, in Leavenworth, which some of these beers I passed along to you for your birthday. Yes. Thank um, you. So I am having the Peak Seeker West Coast IPA right now which is a uh it's going to shock you to find out it's a west coast ipa <laughs> it's kind of you know it's it, it's got you know it's that that kind of classic style so you know it's a you know extra bitter and you know kind of piney and 
uh, very tasty, very good. I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of most of icicles because uh, we go over to Leavenworth at least once or twice a year. Um, it's, it's kind of like, it's Sarah's little happy place. She loves going there. So we go there once or twice a year. Um, and, and I'm not generally a huge fan of most of their flagship beers. Um, but this, the peak Seeker's good. Um, and then of course I've got, uh, waiting in the wings here. I've got the, uh, dark persuasion German chocolate cake ale, uh, for my second beer tonight. So, so yeah, it's, it's icicle brewing nights, Leavenworth brewing night, uh, here in the Nooser household. Nice. Yeah. I drank, I had a, I had, I drank the peak seeker you dropped off and then the enchantments. I thought it's a very good West coast IPA. I'm, I've been yeah. just so desperate for clean IPAs lately. Like I'm yep. jumping all over them. Uh, and so they're, they're just like super refreshing to have now. Uh, the enchantments was good is a good hazy IPA, but, um, yep. I, I thought, I thought the peak seeker was good. I, yep. I, I do, I do love dark persuasion just cause of at like 6%, the amount of like flavor they pack into that thing yep. is impressive. Um, it definitely is. It has like a German chocolate cake vibe that usually you need to make like a, like a 12% sweet stout to get. Um, right. so it's, 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 it's very well done. Um, it's very decadent for that alcohol content for sure. I was super happy that they were selling them in 12 ounce cans because it's so rich and it's like, I love the flavor, but, uh, the last time I was in Leavenworth, I ordered one and it was kind of busy and they were like, I was like, can I get a, you know, a 10 ounce pour of, of the, you know, the dark persuasion. And they were like, no. And I was like, what? And they're like, we're so busy. You can only have a pint. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> I got about halfway through it. And I was like, oh man, it's like so much. It's like, so, and it's good. It tastes great. Uh, but it's like, I, I can do about like 10 to 12 ounces. And that's, that's about as far as I can get. Um, they did have their darker persuasion or darkest persuasion, which is their, uh, their bourbon barrel aged dark persuasion. Uh, they did have bottles of them that they were opening and pouring if you drank it in the tap room. And I couldn't stick around the tap room to have it. I tried to get them to sell me a bottle and they, they wouldn't do it. So I was, not, I was apparently a, not convincing enough. It was a very good rating on untapped, especially because it, it's nine and a half percent. Usually you'll see those beers be more than like more like 12 percent or 14 yep. percent, you know. Um, so that's yep. cool. Uh, that, that would have. That would have been nice for you to try. Yeah, I'll have to keep my eye out. They said that you can buy them online when they get released. And so I'm like, okay, I'll have to to keep my eye out for that. I'll have to keep my eye out for that next year and try to figure out a way to get those. But, I, you know, I do, like I said, um, their flagship beers, I feel like, outside of the Dark Persuasion, are just kind of so-so. But their seasonals and their one-offs, I've I've been impressed with. So, yeah, good deal. What do you drink it, dude? Um, I am... I'm drinking, you know, usually I, I bust out the fancy, the hard to get, the, you know, stuff like that. But today I, I'm just a, a beer I've been like really into in the last couple of weeks. Uh, they had it on draft and I, I think I've had it in the past. I'm not sure. Like maybe just passed over because it it's not a style I always go for that often anymore. But um, so uh, we've been able to go to Beer Star a couple times recently. Uh yeah. They're doing a great job with their outdoor seating. Oh, yeah. They've uh, got a great uh, setup out there. Yeah. And, you know, the weather's been nice for the last couple of weeks. And, and so uh, uh, we've been trying that out, finally getting back there. Um, so Amanda had gotten the other day, like well, the first trip, she had gotten the Stoop Robust Porter. 
and uh, a robust porter is different than a regular porter in that like it's you know it's 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 heavier alcohol it's usually six percent versus like a four percent it's got a lot more like i think like porter as a style typically very bore kind of like very mild style of beer um despite it being like dark there it's but when you put the robust porter everything's kind of amped up so she had gotten stoop robust porter and i tried some of hers um it's fine we we share lots of uh, viruses it's, it's it's okay if we share things um uh but i tried some of hers and it and so obviously what i'm drinking is stupid robust porter whatever um um it reminds me a lot of one of my all-time favorite beers and that is uh hill farm said everett which is a, a robust porter um it, it itself uh um and it and it has a lot of the same notes uh you know a lot of like kind of coffee um a little bit of sweetness uh it's just um very well you know done like uh it's not overly intense like a like a bigger beer might be like uh it's not overly sweet it's not the body is is kind of more like medium to medium light instead of like you know the light body of a normal porter or the heavy body of like a, an imperial porter um it's just well well done and i really like it so um, I, I haven't had Hill Farmstead Everett in, in a, in a couple years, but, um, it definitely remind like, that's immediately what I thought is like, this tastes like Hill Farmstead Everett. And that is the highest of praise for me. I, Hill Farmstead is my favorite brewery. Um, and when I was in Vermont, like Everett was one of my favorite beers. Um, and so I, I think Stoop has just done an awesome job for that with, with this robust porter. And the best thing is it's not that hard to find if you live in Western Washington. Uh, go to your, you know, whatever store that's around you that sells a lot of beer. And if they carry Stoop cans, uh, that's his, one of Stoop's flagship beers that they put can now. Um, nice. Um, so uh, check it out. Like, it's it's just such a well-done beer. Like, I, I mean, Stoop's a, a very good brewery. They they don't do a lot of like, like hype hype styles, so they don't they don't get you know as much credit i think uh if you want clean ipas like they make some great clean ipas and stuff but uh um stoop uh robust porter super stoked about it um it's probably going to start being amanda loves it too it's probably going to be a pretty regular beer in our fridge especially as the weather cools back down as it always does um, yeah in, in our in our region uh yeah so yeah um I'm, I'm hyped on it. Like usually I'm grabbing like something from the cellar, but I was so excited about this beer. Like I, I, it's just, it's something. And I, and I always feel bad that a lot of the beers I drink, like, sorry, you can't go find it. Like it's not going to happen, but uh, <laughs> this one you can, you can go find yes. this beer and it is yes. excellent. It is well done. It is what a robust porter should taste like. Um, so good job, Stoop. Um, if you're you definitely go. not listening, but if you are good job um yeah yeah so uh so yeah that was beer uh but now basketball basketball Um, so if anyone who might remember you know last month when we had john andershek on uh he kind of hit (laughs) he he kind of hinted so long ago he hinted that he he would he would tell he would come back to talk to us about the finalized roster in like june or july yeah and because we were thinking, you know, they were kind of set with the uh, Tyrell Roberts transfer and then possibly Miles Rice coming in as a recruit, but they were not set. And, no. uh, 
<laughs> what 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 came in first, and this is weeks ago at this point, but still a very exciting addition um, to basically replace Isaac Bonton's production and offensively potentially more um, more efficient. Maybe not the maybe not maybe not the level of defense that Bonton provides, but still the potential for that. But definitely a more efficient at, at uh, potential for more efficiency, and that's Michael Flowers uh, and uh, transfer from South Alabama. Um, I mean, this, uh, one thing I was very worried about Jeff with Bonton leaving, cause even before this, it seemed like he was going to leave. Um, you know, they did the senior day for him and everything. Yeah, it yeah. seemed like, you know, um, yep. but, but it was like, are we really going to have to rely on a couple guys like improving their offensive game? Like Noah yes. Williams did last year. <laughs> like we were yes. going to have to do that. Like it was going to be like, okay. We we need at least one, probably two guys to make a Noah Williams type jump offensively, to to replace yep. like to to be able to get the scoring. And you know you thought about like Yakimovsky and and uh, other, and then you thought you know with Roberts coming in at that point we knew so you know he'll he'll provide some scoring. But having Flowers in, you have that lead that go to guy, um, you know just and as we talked about. Like you just need as many offensive weapons on the floor as possible to make yes. it hard for the defense. Yes. Yep. It, you know, Michael Flowers. I like so when Bonton was leaving. It was it, you know, and 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 before Flowers came in, you just kind of looked at the roster and you went, okay, well, who's going to play point, or how are they going to how are they going to deal with the the point guards? Like who's going to initiate the offense. And you saw last year they got, you know, real creative, right? They got real creative about how they were going to initiate the offense, who was going to do that. Andre Yakimovsky, right, became the essentially the bring it up, initiate the offense guy. I mean, he had a, a double-digit assist game. Like, he clearly could do that, but it was like it took some some a little bit of creative uh, coaching, right, to get to that. Um, your ideal is to have a guy who actually is a point guard, you know, initiating the offense. And so with Bonton leaving, you know, you replace him with a guy who is a point guard in Michael Flowers. You know, I mean, he, he is a point guard. Um, he wants to be a point guard. His, uh, you know, his ability to um, handle the ball and distribute. I mean, he, he's an excellent scorer, right? He's definitely known for being a scorer, uh, but he definitely fancies himself a point guard. One of the reasons why. So before he was at South Alabama, he was at Western Michigan, right? Am I, am yep. I right? Hold yep. on. Yeah, Don't right. check. Yes. Yeah, Western Michigan. That's okay. right. Yep. I knew it was one of, knew it was one of those Michigan, directional Michigans. Um, one of the reasons why he left was because they had played him off the ball and they wanted to be a shooting guard. And he was like, no, I'm a point guard. And so he transferred um, and, you know, had a great year at South Alabama. Obviously, uh, hyper-efficient score, you know, 108 offensive rating on 30% usage or 29% usage is – Really, 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 really good, um, even against, you know, lesser competition, uh, you know, basically evenly split between twos and threes, uh, gets to the line enough, really good at finishing around the basket when he does take a shot around the basket, uh, 83% free throw shooter, 37% three point shooter, like on 200 high volume, like yeah, on very high, high volume. volume, like, like this is, this is a guy who steps in. And is basically Bonton, but I, I think the key number 
the key number. He's a little lower on the assist rate, but he's also way, I shouldn't say that. He's, he's not way lower on the turnover rate, but he's lower on the turnover rate too. So it's a guy who, you know, not having watched him a whole bunch, I can say the numbers suggest that he's a little, just basically a little more secure with the ball. Like he's not going to make the risky pass to get the assist, but he's also not going to make the risky pass that might, you know, end up in a turnover. And for a team that um, obviously, I, I think it's fairly obvious that, uh, figuring out how to bring down the turnovers is kind of one of the top goals, uh, yeah. you know, this off season heading into next year, uh, having him handling the ball a whole, whole bunch, uh, is a good thing. And when, when I look at like Bart Torvik, I'm sure we'll talk more about Bart tonight, but Bart Torvik.com, yes, um, you know, when I look at their top, what he's got as the top 10 projected usage guys, he's actually got, uh, he's got flowers behind Noah Williams in terms of usage. I don't think that's going to be the case. No, I think it's going to no. be flip flopped. I, I think Flowers is going to be the lead guy. I think Noah is now. Noah still might be, you know, in the twenty five percent range, twenty four percent range, somewhere in there. Uh, but I think Flowers is going to be the undisputed lead guy. Uh, I think he's going to be. He's not going to be twenty nine thirty percent like he was uh, at South Alabama or, or, or when he was at Western Michigan. But I think he'll definitely be probably like twenty seven percent, you know, mm-hmm. and content to use you know, some of the weapons that he'll have around him. And there are, you know, as, as we know, a lot of them. So it, it's a great addition, man. This is going to be, this is going to go down as one of the best transfer additions um, of the off season. I, I really believe that when, when they looked like nationally, I, I think there was, there was a guy who did a national thing and rate like ranked all the transfers and man, he, he ranked like flowers at like 30th or something like that. And I was like, if when you make this at the end of next year, he's going to be a top ten transfer guy. It's uh, like I I one hundred percent absolutely believe that he's going to make that big of an impact for Wazoo. Yeah, I mean, it, it's it, it was very exciting. It was kind of out of nowhere for for us, you know. It, it, I, I I wasn't even thinking uh, they were going to add a guy like this, but it just obviously. It fits perfectly. It fits perfectly. I mean, you basically just slid in a replacement Bonton um, with who could potentially be just a more efficient scorer. And and uh, I mean, let's know, just so. say it. He might be better. Yeah, he might be better. Let's than just Bonton, say it. Yeah, maybe. Like he yeah. might be better. And I yeah. and I am. I mean, everybody knows. I am the 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 head of the Bonton cheerleader club. I wanted him back. Absolutely wanted him back. But I'm also looking at Michael Flowers going. Eh, you know, I mean, there's a pretty good chance that this is um, that he's going to give you more this year than what Bon Tom would have given you. Um, you know, maybe he doesn't give you the same kind of attitude. Maybe he doesn't give you the same kind of defense. You know, I don't know that because I don't know the kid, and I know the things that Bon Tom brought to the table that were um, endearing, right? So, in, and you know, he's probably not going to be as fun. That was my main, you know, like yeah. when I wrote my thing, like that was my main selling, but like Bonton's just like, he's just fun. You know, he plays with a flair and that's cool. But this guy, this guy might give you, uh, you know, more production in the end than, than what Bonton, you know, might've given you, um, certainly on a, a little more consistency, which I think will make, uh, will make a lot of our fans, you know, happy. So, yeah, I mean, he he might th- this guy might be, you know, he, 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 we really might have landed in all Pac-10, Pac-10. Good God. Pac-12. What, what year Jeez. is this? Jeez. 
what year are we in? Uh, Pac-12, all first team guy. Like, like I really think that's the quality of guy that we got here. Yeah, that's exciting. And then, of course, like they're they weren't done with the transfers. Um, no, no, uh, no. Um, obviously, you know, WC was after uh, a guy that played at Eastern last year and possibly womp, womp. two. Um, so um, WC ended up losing out on Tanner Groves and his brother Jacob to uh, Oklahoma, um, which uh, you can't really blame them for taking that one. Um, uh, but, uh, but uh, they were able to pull another, uh, great player from Eastern, uh, who actually who had, who was committed to transfer to Arizona with Sean Miller. Um, yeah. And then, uh, it didn't seem like, it seems like Tommy Lloyd didn't want him, uh, or he was lower on Tommy Lloyd's list. Um, so he ends up coming to Pullman now, um, Kim Aiken Jr. And so uh, this guy is, while Flowers is coming in to fill an offensive void, Aiken is just, you know, you know, I, 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 I'll, I'll say this for so I, I remember hearing like at one of the, you know, like one of the like talks at one of the conferences I was at once. Where someone said, like, you know, what you should do in life is is just instead of always trying to improve your weaknesses, you should just improve your strengths and just, like, be really, really good yeah. at things. And yeah. Kim Aiken coming is improving WSU's strength defensively yeah. and, and rebounding. And, like, all like anything that WSU was good at last year, Aiken is going to make it better. And that's 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 pretty exciting. We might actually give up zero points next year, Craig. <laughs> we might not give up any baskets now. No, so, I mean yeah. like Aiken's Aiken's amazing. Like like so you take the big sky defensive player of the year. The dude is a ridiculous rebounder. Um, you know, if people remember what uh you know what CJ Ellaby was like last year not last year before last i don't know what year are we in like but when cj cj Ellaby's sophomore year you know when he led the team in rebounding aiken's gonna be somewhat like that like he's gonna he's gonna fly in he's gonna grab rebounds um he can do it on both ends you know defensive and offensive rebounding uh which you know complements what we do we're already a really good uh rebounding team uh we were top 100 in terms of rebounding percentage on both ends of the floor uh i mean i would not be shocked if we end up like top 25 on like both ends of the floor now you know, when adding Aiken, um, you know, he's a versatile defender. He'll block some shots um, and he's no slouch on offense either. And I think that kind of gets lost. Like he's not a bad offensive player. He's a good offensive player. He's not a high volume guy, but he can definitely finish around the basket, which as we know is, you know, was a bugaboo for this team. Um, he never turns it over, almost never turns it over. And he can hit the occasional three. Now we need like, ideally you'd want him to get a little stronger from three, you yeah. know, heading into this year, or thirty-five percent uh, versus thirty percent. Yeah, he's yeah. been a, a th he was like a thirty-three percent guy his first two years at Eastern. He went dipped down to thirty-one this year. Um, you'd really like him to be like a thirty-six, thirty-seven guy mm -hmm. um, to be really useful, uh, as, especially as a low volume three-point shooter where it's really just catch and shoot opportunities. Um, you know, so you'd like him to be around there, but still, like this is, I mean, this guy's going to start. 
you know, and, and we love, you know, Andre Akamovsky. We love DJ Rodman. Uh, this guy's almost like I'd be shocked if this guy's not starting at the three. Right. And you're not doing and you got a front line of Deshaun Jackson, F.A. Abagidi and Kim Aiken. There's and no one scoring. No one's scoring at the rim against that. Good like, it's just, Lord. The t- and then like they're grabbing the every percentage. Wasn't they're grabbing good enough every already. miss. Yeah. They're grabbing every yeah. miss and no one's scoring at the rim. Yeah, um, that, it's, it's that, and also pants. it helps like when you you can have that strong of a defensive back, you, you can afford to have guys like Flowers and Roberts who are smaller defenders who can kind of gamble for yes. steals. They yes. can they can more be more gambling. They can they can gamble more. That they, they can take chances up top because if they get burned, oh, you have to face. F. Abigidi, and you have to you have to face Kim Aiken Jr. at the rim, and you have to face Deshaun Jackson at the rim. You know, you have to face Vova Markovetsky at the rim. Like it does, like it's you're you're gonna run into a wall, and and then plus your your other guard is Noah Williams, you know, who could play right. the three at you know who could guard you know the three the one to three, like so it it's you can afford to have that other guard be a smaller guy who's in there mo- mostly for offense, but you know both Roberts and Flowers are steel guys you know they're guys that can create turnovers so they they, it's not like they don't bring anything on on defense but um it's it just it's when you have such a stout back like back line like you 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 can you can you can afford to do more with the offense and that's because even they could have flowers and roberts on the floor at the same time and you still if you got that that those guys in the back or you could put no at the three and and like it's so exciting thing about like we already talked about before you know when Bonton wasn't coming back and we thought maybe Koontz was still here already the you know it was tough with the lineup this is still tough with the lineup I I mean you could say like Aiken is a Koontz replacement um they're a little bit different player they both are very three heavy um right they're both gonna shoot the, Koontz was a better three-point shooter last year um but Aiken's better around the rim um, more athletic player and definitely a better defensive player. Um, yep. So uh, uh, it's he's an exciting addition. Um, if you look at what does this mean? Uh, interesting on Bart Torvik. Uh, difference from him from Kempom is because we've talked about it before. He just doesn't give a fuck about like being accurate or like he's just he's just trying stuff out. Um, yeah, so, I mean, he does. He wants to be accurate. I mean, he wants to be accurate, but like, he doesn't. He doesn't care about his. It doesn't mean he's to, be to as put like, his experimental shit out there. Yeah, he's so so he like he he does like a rolling projection, and so his like his his projection changes by by honestly like every few hours because he adds in the transfers and adds in when guys say their super seniors are coming back, things like that. Yep. So. So WSU, um, before Flowers was added and after Koontz had left, they were sitting in the 80s on the projection for next year. Add Flowers, they jumped into the 50s. They they After other people added players, whatever, they were back around 63 um, on uh, the morning that they added Kim Aiken Jr. And now... Uh, that bumped them up to 42. Now they're down to 44. This because uh, Arizona State passed them because uh, Kamani Lawrence said he's going to come back. So that's that's just how fluid these things are. But WC sitting at number 44 in his projection. So this is similar to like Ken Palm's older system, 
um, before he went with adjusted efficiency measure as his ranking. Um, it, it uses the a, a Pythagorean ranking, but um, but yeah, it's so. But you you can believe that if WSC is in top, a top fifty team on Bart's projection, they're probably going to be a top fifty team on Ken Palm's projection, um, which is really exciting. Uh, one, because that just automatically puts you in the conversation of a team that's a qual like has the quality to challenge for an at-large bid to the NCAA tournament, yep. which is what we want, right? That's all we want. Yep. Um, yep. But the funny thing also in, in Bart's projection, I think because uh, Tyra Roberts was a Division II player, he doesn't show up in and, – and he also skipped a year. He doesn't show up in any of the databases that Bart uses to populate his website. Um, yep. Uh, so Tyra Roberts is not even on there, and he's definitely going to be in the rotation. Like, you can, you can bank on that. Um, and so like they didn't bring in a guy to, that can shoot threes like that to not have, not put him on the floor. I guarantee oh, like, no. he'll play. Uh, yeah. He's definitely um, going to play. Yeah. So, so you, you, he, they're missing a, a, a score in the rotation, but still, um, they're at 44 right now that puts you at at large. And, and I, I'm working on a story on this, uh, but Kyle Smith generally outperforms his preseason projection on Kempom and on and on Bart site. Uh not every year, but most years he does, and most years he does it by mm-hmm. quite a bit. Like it's like it's, if you just think about last year, I think WC was in the was around 150 to start the year. Um might have been 164 or something like that. I'm just going off the top of my head. I could I could just sit, give the exact number. I don't know why I'm <laughs> doing this <laughs> um so they started out one th- oh, so 137 um and then they finished the season at 78 uh you know the year before they start at that was the 164 that was in my head so last year they started 164 and then they finish at 127 and so those are the two years he's he's outperformed massively the projection on Kempom. um in his two years, San Francisco in 2019, 136 was the projection. 67 is where they ended up. The year before, this is what the one bad he had. One they started 116, he ended at 158. So that wasn't that wasn't the best. But the year before that, they started at 262, ended at 111. So he on on the aggregate and and most often is he had his teams outperform the expectation. And so if you yep. want to get overly excited and, and I'm pretty sure John would t- tell us to pump the brakes, but like <laughs> WSU, is, he would definitely tell yes. us to pump the brakes. <laughs> yeah. But WSU is coming into this next season already. And they're not, this roster isn't done. We don't know what it's going to look like. Um, there could be something else, something else added there. There's, I think there's almost certainly going to be something subtracted. Um, uh, but, uh, it's as it's now, it's a roster that can contend in the pack 12, be in the top half of the pack 12 and contend for an NCAA tournament at large bid. And yep. But if they outperform that expectation, then you have a team that can be like solidly in the tournament. Um, you have a team that could win, you know, to, you know, 10 to you know, 12, 11, 12, 13 games in the, in the pack 12, um, yep. which like, it's, it's not crazy for teams to jump like that. Obviously we, we've, we saw it under Tony and, and, 
it, it's it's not crazy and and just how good this defense is going to be next year they just need to be a little better on offense which with the roster yep. with the guys they've added it's definitely a possibility and just with we have so many freshmen and like freshman to sophomore we say it over and over again that's the biggest offensive jump for guys um so if those guys just make like standard offensive jumps like this is going to be a better offense like if fa is better yeah. fa is better at finishing around the rim and uh, fa is better at shooting threes you know if 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 deshaun is better at finishing around the rim um if he you know he adds to that 17 footer he started showing at the end of the year um Yakimovsky, you know, if he's a better shooter, if he finishes around the rim a little bit, like just any finishing around the rim for him would be great. Like, you know, well, we said he was in the 20%, you know, for last year. So um, just uh, you just have a bunch of guys. And then you're bringing in guys that are proven scorers um, just to so you're not relying completely on that improvement. But you get that improvement. You have DJ Rodman, who started to improve offensively towards the end of the season. Like, I, I just I. I, I don't see this team, you know, remaining still like the, you know, the low level of offense that they were last year. They and, won't. And, they, and they won't. You could you can very easily like envision them jumping into the top 100 offensively. And if they do that and then they still a top 25, potentially top 20 defense, like, you know, 15 defense with with what they have coming back. You know, if they're a top twenty-five defense and they can pop into the top one hundred offensively, they're they're going to be right right there to be a you know an NCAA tournament team. As long as you know, obviously it depends how the winds shake out and all all, all that. But um, right now, this is super exciting stuff, and the roster they have exciting. I'm just I can't wait for the season to start. It's super fun. One big thing that the team has going for it is that the Pac-12 is going to be looked at very differently next year. Yes. Compared to this year. So because of the Pac-12's run this year, and, and, you know, we talk, we joke about how, like, you know, bowl games don't mean anything, postseason doesn't mean anything. But even even if maybe it doesn't mean anything, um, like, in reality, it definitely means something in terms of perception. And so... You know, UCLA, whether or not Johnny Juzang comes back and he declared for the draft and is doing the, you know, without hiring an agent thing. But, you know, whether or not he comes back, UCLA is going to be like a top 10-ish team. Yeah, I think they're right? they're like third or second in Bart's projection right now. Yeah. So they're going to be a top 10-ish team just in terms of like AP ranking, which is what, like as much as you and I rely on, you know, Ken Palm and Bart Torvik and all that stuff, um, you know, the NCA committee relies on essentially AP polls to know who is good, right? And, and so mm -hmm. when you start the year, and we've seen this in football, right? Like when you start the year, where people think you're good before the year, it makes a huge difference, it makes a massive difference. And it's, it's also the flip side is true, right? When you start the year with people thinking you're bad, just as, as a group, it's, it's very, very hard to break that perception. And so the PAC 12 is going to have perception next year that it is a strong 
conference unless something like disastrous happens uh, in the non-conference schedule, which of course is always possible. But the, you know, they there is going to be a perception the Pac-12 is a good ass conference. Okay, great. So now Wazoo comes in. You know, let's say they get a win against UCLA or they get a win against Arizona or USC or whatever. Like all of a sudden that carries a different weight now than it did, you know, this past season. So um, starting from a position of the conference is good makes a massive difference. I mean, the Big Ten benefited from that this year, right? Where, you know, we started from an assumption that the Big Ten was good and, oh, the, look at how tough the Big Ten is and the Big Ten's so great and the Big Ten's so tough. And then, of course, the Big Ten you know, flops in the tournament, but at that point they had already gotten, you know, whatever, eight, nine teams in the tournament, whatever it was. Right. So, you know, the PAC 12 is going to benefit from this. So WC is going to benefit from that. Um, and then the other thing is again, starting, you know, like, you know, in a place where you're already in the forties and people already think, okay, you've got this potential. I mean, listen, if you're, if you're heading for the NCAA tournament, if you finish the season ranked in the forties, um, that's right where you want to be to be seriously contending for an NCAA berth. Now that's a, that's bubble territory, but it's, but it is, you know, NCAA territory. And if you can do what Craig said, which is improve on, right. You improve on this and move like into the thirties. It's pretty rare that a team in the thirties doesn't make it into the tournament. Now it does happen this year. There were three teams that were in the, in Ken Palm thirties that didn't make it to the tournament, Memphis, Duke, and Penn state. Okay. Actually, well, Penn state was 40, so not quite in the thirties, but anyway, point stands, you know, you get into the thirties, uh, you're, you're pretty much in there. So, you know, this, this is really, 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 really freaking exciting. You know, the defense is going to be elite. The offense, um, it, it, you know, it's going to make a big step forward. I mean, you and I like to like to sort of hedge our bets and say things like it seems like and they're going to make a big step forward. All of these freshmen now, are they all going to be great? Probably not. Are they all going to make the same step forward? Probably not. But look, we know the biggest jump for players is freshman to sophomore year, just in general. Right. And we have so many freshmen that it's like, okay, now are they all going to make the same jump? Probably not. But it's like, are enough? We have so many talented guys. Are they enough of them going to make a big jump? And then you add in the fact that Smith and his staff have clearly tried to add experience, right? Like, like that's, that is painfully like painfully is not the right word, but it's like, that is like super, super obvious right now that they have gone, you know what? We've got all these young guys. If we're going to make it to the tournament, we got to add experience. So they add Flowers, they add Aiken, and then they also add DeWolf, right? Like they yeah. they add – now he's a walk-on, but he's also a guy who's got 70-some games of Division One experience, you know? And then Tyrell Roberts, who's got, you know, 60-ish games of Division Two experience. So they've added guys who have a ton of experience, ton of experience, to show these guys who are uh, in their second year – and they're going to improve, but they're still going to be young. Show them the way, and I, I think this is absolutely, uh, absolutely the right way, the right way, the right path for for the team to go. Yeah, and and I know maybe there's some uh, maybe from some Kook fans like there's hesitance to like we we have such a great young core. You don't want to see older players come in and take their minutes. But I'm sorry, you have to try to win. 
Like you can't absolutely you can't just hope that the players are going to get better and like waste season. Like Kyle Smith can't keep like having like rebuilding season after rebuilding season and hoping that, you know they're they're building to something. Yeah, like they, maybe three or four years down the road, it all comes together. Like they obviously no reason saw, to wait for that. You know, they obviously looked their schedule and they you know they see two close losses to Arizona State, a, a close loss to Washington, a close loss to Arizona. Um, they're, if, you know, if, if they get win, they're close house to Oregon state, if they get some of those wins, you know, they're in the NIT this year. Like if they get yep. like two or three of those wins and, and so th- they see that like, okay, if this year with the 326th youngest team by, by experience based on minutes on, on Kempom, if they were able to do that well to finish 78th on Kempom, to you know, finish with a winning record, seven seven conference wins, like wait if they can improve a little bit. If you're if you're, if they can okay, maybe they can improve a little bit. Does that take us to the tournament? Maybe, but we still are losing some production. You know, they pr- probably knew they were losing Bonton. They probably knew they were losing Koontz. You know, so we're losing some guys, and we're gonna have to replace that. We're we're gonna sorry series yelling at me. Um, uh, <laughs> uh, they if they're gonna replace that, like just to, even just to replace that, and you can look and see like like bond like flowers and and uh, and <clears throat> sorry Aiken are replacements for Bonton and Coons, but they're guys that could be improvements on Bonton and Coons. And then, yep. you, and then you have improvement. Then you combine that with your improvements from your young guys. And and it's not like they're going to lose so many minutes. You know, if Yakimovsky plays, you know, 50, you know, 60% of minutes instead of 90% of minutes, that's okay. You know, that, that's that's fine. If, if Or if Yakimovsky plays 50% of the minutes instead of, you know, because otherwise we were coming in a season where he's going to, you're, you're having Yakimovsky probably be like a 75 to 80% uh, minute guy if they didn't, if not for these additions. You know, if, if we lose Bonton and don't add Flowers, like where, where is, who's going to be the, the facilitator? You know, so it's, it, right. so they, they've, they've added seniors in, in good spots. I think Groves would have been an, an amazing addition, and I, and sure um, from what we've heard that that ultimately came down to playing time for his brother actually, because <laughs> WSU is pretty loaded at, at where Jacob Groves would play. Um, uh, yeah, yeah. The, the, I mean, the, there's a lot of wings on the roster right yeah, now. I mean, he's an out and out wing, so yeah. he'd be competing <laughs> for playing time with Yakimovsky and Rodman and Bamba, and yeah, they they would have been. It would have been tough sledding to get to get those minutes for sure. Especially with his his brother on the team, who is kind of would be probably playing a, almost a wing on offense at times, like at least at yeah. least in a three man front court. So anyway, so that yeah. didn't work out. But I mean, adding Aiken is was a was a nice you know consolation prize and um, really going to make this defense even better. And I just I'm so excited about this roster and how they've built it and three recruiting classes, um, or is it four at this point? I don't know, whatever. Um, but yeah, three recruiting classes it's at this three. point. Yeah, <laughs> how they've it's crazy. I mean, what the the roster that Smith inherited, 
<laughs> had CJ Ellaby on it uh, and CJ Ellaby on it. And 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 you had Jeff yeah. Pollard and Coons. So Coons obviously was a contributor last year. Pollard was a contributor. But these are guys that wouldn't be like core guys on many other conference teams. Obviously LB would have been a starter on like any Pac twelve team. Sure. But but, sure. but any of the other guys, you you, you know, Cannon and Skeggs and Robinson and and Ahmed Ali and uh, uh, guys like that, you know, to go from that or, you know, obviously they brought in Henson to try to do something, but he was, you know, kind of a one trick guy and and, um, they didn't bring him in, but uh, he was he was already committed. But um, but they I mean, they did convince him to to stick with his commitment. I mean, yeah. So, you know. And obviously he's a he was a shooter and and they used him at times just to to, to try to try to spark spark. But anyways, Little offense. But just to go from that to like the roster that they're that we're looking for for next year, we're I mean you can put our the starting five up against almost any starting five you know in, in the yes. conference and yes and you know just to have. Guys that are going to be NBA players like Noah Williams yep. and F. Abigidi yep. and Deshaun Jackson, like those guys are going to the NBA and they're going to be starting on the team next year. And Flowers is yep. potentially an NBA player too. I mean, his size is a limitation, but I mean, Malachi Flynn isn't that big and he's in the NBA now. And, and but, uh, you know, it's all about opportunity. But and, and then you, you add on like Yakimovsky, who knows with him, like. He's got the size. He's he's got the shooting ability. You know, Bamba has the athletic ability, and we've seen him display the scoring ability. Like, there's just guys that either they're oozing with potential or they're already good. In 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 the terms of like, in with Williams, Abagidi, and Jackson, they're just already good Pac-12 players that that are that they've added. And and then you're you're talking about Rodman too. They add him like. A, you know, just a, a great defensive player and a good uh, uh, three-point shooter who's just like a nice piece to have, a, a hustle kid, like a hustle guy, like that just makes you know plays and like and and that would be a guy that would probably be like your number two score on this like team a couple of years ago. Like honestly, your number like your second best player on the team would be Rodman like a couple of years ago, or like yeah, like before you know obviously not with like Franks and Ellaby, but maybe Rodman be your third best player. Now he's might be your like seventh best player. Like it's 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 nuts and uh, just how they've been able to remake this roster and and truthfully it wasn't. When we were excited about Smith, we weren't, and we've said this over and over again, we weren't anticipating like him bringing in just better players. We just thought he'd be a yep. better coach. And he'd bring yep. in maybe players that fit his system better, fit a system that would be more successful in Pullman, and, and he would just be smarter about the way he does things. But they've just legit brought in good players. Like, like, yeah. like just good young player like good young players yep. and now they're adding good experienced players like it's um bonton yep. turned out to be like they absolutely needed him um that was a great addition and it's just uh um yeah it's amazing how they've been able to identify talent and we, i mean we got a kid like rosario who was uh limited yeah. so much um by you know whatever was ailing him last year and he's one of the most the biggest potential guys on the roster 
And yep. and who knows? Like he could make a big jump next year. We don't even know. Yep. Like he's one of the more athletic guys that we have. And uh, so it's and it's just nuts. I mean, you think like guys like him and Bamba, who could next year not contribute much, or they could just explode. Like you just don't know. And 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 it's just it's exciting. I know. Like we we were so much more excited to talk about this, and we're gonna keep talking about it probably. But we were so much more excited to talk about this in spring football, obviously, because we've spent quite a lot more time on it. Um, but um, yeah, I'm fired up. I can't wait for basketball season to start, and this is the most exciting. Uh, this is the most excited I've been going into a basketball team se- season since like 07, 08, after they had that you know surprise 06, 07 jump. Like, um, so this is really it. Maybe. I, I don't even remember being I wasn't you know we were excited about clay but we were I it, it it hadn't been such a drought from the tournament that we were like this excited about going to the tournament probably um yeah but now you're just like it's been 13 years and we are ready to be relevant in basketball again and and just a lot of players that are fun to watch and and have so much more that they can do and it's exciting man i'm just i'm rambling because i'm excited (laughs) it is going to be so fun i mean i i think that one of the things that i love about this roster is there's so much versatility uh there's tons of ways they can match up with different people at different times i mean uh kim aiken can be uh, he could play the four if you want, right? So you could, you could go with like sort of a small athletic lineup of you know Abigidi at center and Aiken at the four, and then you know maybe Yakimovsky, Williams, and you know. I mean, yeah, like, Aiken played. Right? I mean, Aiken played the four at Eastern. That was that was his right. And the five sometimes, right. <laughs> but like, but it's like now playing now playing the yeah. four at Eastern in the Big Sky is a little different a little than playing different, the four. Yeah. In the Pac-12. But he but played the four against but he Kansas. Can, but he know, can do it. But, uh, but he can do it. He can do it. So, um, so yeah, he's, you know, there's just, he is going to be such a, just kind of a Swiss Army knife uh, guy. Um, you know, and, and you just look up and down the roster and you've, like, you've just got these guys who can do different things and you can sort of mix and match. And what Kyle Smith has shown is he really is an expert at that, um, figuring out what guys do well putting them in positions to, to do those things um, and then letting them do their thing. And he's not afraid to, you know, a guy would have a guy play 20 minutes one night and three minutes the next, if it, if it doesn't quite fit. And I think it's a real Testament to his coaching that um, he's, you know, created rosters where guys are okay with that, you know, that they live with that um, and they succeed with that. We, we do know that, look, um, so something that I had always assumed that now I'm thinking is actually not true is that guys who transfer in from other programs as super seniors um, are actually going to count against our 13 scholarships. So that means someone's got to go. Uh, so we'll see. We'll see who that is. Um, I, I, I tend to think that it's maybe not going to be a guy currently on the roster simply because you would expect those guys to have gone by now mm-hmm. if they were going to, that they would have announced and opened up. And I mean, at, at some point the musical chairs get well, scarce. And, and the, right? the, uh, the staff would have let them know that we're looking to add guys right. and, and it may impact right. your ability to be able to, you know, play right. and be on the team. And yet 
those guys are all still there. So that leads me to sort of logically think maybe Miles Rice is the guy who might be sort of the odd man out on this. Unless we got a Taylor uh, so Rochester situation going on here. But yeah, so he's Marcus the... Marcus Capers, uh, Taylor Rochester situation. But, uh. Yes. So he's the he's the freshman signee, um, you know, kind of combo guard out of Georgia. Um, really nice, slick player. I love what I see from him. I mean, I can see what the staff really liked in him, but I can also see where adding a freshman, essentially, he's, I mean, I say combo guard, but he's really kind of a point guard. Um, adding a freshman point guard to this mix is kind of, I don't I Yeah, you know, we haven't that, even talked a, about That's a tough fit. I mean, they have Jefferson Koulibaly, who they're yep. very high on and is yep. still, you know, hasn't even played a minute yet. So, yep. Um, yeah. Plus Roberts, plus Flowers, plus yep. Noah Williams. You know, it's, it's there, you know, plus Ryan Rapp. Like, like there is a, there's a real log jam of dudes at, point guard slash two and uh i don't know man like as, as a true freshman and, and i get it like as a true freshman you may not play much but um but it's also like it's hard to see a a real clear path forward uh, path forward to minutes there so um so i don't know like that, that unless just seems you were like, the like logical a, like a guaranteed lottery pick type level recruit you yes know? like then then, yes. then it'd be different. yes so that seems like the logical conclusion that maybe he's the guy. Um, things have been real quiet about him, so I don't know. We'll see. We'll see what happens. We'll see what happens there. But um, you know, it's again, excitement is is like you know full throttle. Like it is just, um, it, it's it's hard not to see how. Um, you know, if they don't make the NCAA tournament, I don't know that I'm going to be heartbroken. Uh, I obviously that depends on kind of how, <laughs> how it plays out, but, um, but just going into a season thinking, you know, that the NCAA term is a real legitimate possibility in a program like ours, where, you know, that, that just has happened so few times. Um, you know, it's, it's fun, man. It's super exciting and I'm not taking it for granted because, um, this is special. Like you said, the big thing is they're just adding dudes who can play. Uh, I read a thing from John Wilner today and we, we love to rip on, uh, on John who, who is, who is actually a good dude, but you know, he, he wrote in there, he was kind of like, you know, which way is our, is your basketball program trending, you know, and said that WC, he gave WSU the highest mark, right. That it was, uh, that it was trending up with the highest mark that he had. And one thing he said was, well, you know, Kyle Smith's done a great job recruiting guys for his system. And I'm like, bullshit bullshit like you look at there are dudes on this up and down this roster that if you asked other coaches in the pac 12 if they would take them they absolutely 100 like is there any coach in the conference that would turn down fa right is there any coach in the conference that turns down deshaun or or andre yakimovsky or noah like like are you serious right like like this isn't a system thing this isn't a tony bennett thing like, and those guys could play. Like, I'm, I'm not denigrating those guys. They absolutely could play, and they proved it with professional careers and all that stuff. But that truly was system recruiting for the most part, you know? Like, th- this ain't that, man. These are dudes who can just play. Now, don't mistake recruiting guys to a system for Kyle Smith deploying them in ways they can be effective. Like, those are two different things. Right. Like Kyle Smith has shown in two years, he does like, like he has some core beliefs. He has some core tenets, but he is very clearly willing to 
change those up <laughs> if it fits the guys he's got. You know, and we even saw it last year from the beginning of the year to the middle of the year to the end of the year. You know, beginning of the year, FA's our center, right? Right. Blocking shots everywhere. He's our five, blah, blah, blah. Well, then all of a sudden Deshaun starts coming on and, well, geez, we've got these two guys, two big guys. Well, let's play them together, <laughs> right? And so then all of a sudden it's Jackson and Abigini starting next to each other. Like, listen, well, yeah. who Kyle would you, Smith who, is who, savvy. Yeah, what if I told you that? Deshaun Jackson had a higher block rate in Pac-12 play than F.A. Right? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. You know, because all of a sudden F.A. is not standing out of the basket for, you know, 30 minutes, 25 minutes a game. And he's not blocking everything. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, it's just Kyle Smith is so just creative with the way that he handles his roster, the way he deploys his talent. Um, and he, and, and I think the, the real magic is that he gets his players to buy into that. Um, and that's not an easy thing to do, right. To convince guys that, that, you know, you, you might play, you know, 25, 30 minutes one night and you might play eight minutes the next night. Like you just don't know. And to keep everybody, you know, rowing in the same direction. Um, and that, that, that is, that's special. Cal Smith is special. Uh, he's not going to be here forever. I, <laughs> I look, I mean, just, he's just not. So let's just, let, I mean, I am committed to enjoying this while I got it. And, uh, and it, it is exciting and it is fun. And, uh, and, and this is, man, this year is going to be, going to be something else. Yeah. All right. Um, how many more months we got until that starts, uh, too long, like six over six Dear months God, till, yeah. till like November. Yeah. Fuck. Yeah. Six and a half months. Roughly. Damn it. Uh, but all right so um let's uh before we hop off here let's let's cover some what's been going on with some other teams uh women's basketball uh this obviously a few weeks ago but we haven't talked about it um crystal ledger walker is coming back that's huge um they would not have had a point guard uh no or any experience at point guard save for maybe a grad transfer or something or, you know, a transfer. Um, So it's great to have her back. Um, I think she can improve on what she did last year. Hopefully they bring in some, you know, she gets some more help so that she doesn't have to play, um, you know, 90% minutes. Uh, We definitely saw that wear on her. Um, But uh, I'm sure, you know, it's from the standpoint of, you know, for Charlize, it's it's great to have her sister still around. I'm sure, and as you know, her second year in a in a foreign country and everything, and yeah, um, yeah I think nothing but good things. Obviously, you know, you're returning basically the entire roster that made the NCAA tournament last year now, and so and you're yes. and, and with many of them young and and ready to improve. So um, you're in a good spot. Uh, so excited about that. Real excited about Crystal coming back. That was, that was fun. The video was great too. Um, I'd recommend you go yep. find her. Yeah, that was awesome. Video, yeah. Um, love those New Zealand accents too. Um, those are yeah. just everything sounds cool. One hundred. Or, 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 or they're also great comedic accents. I'll say. Um, uh, if you ever seen um, uh, Fly of the Concords or What We Do in the Shadows, anything like that, uh, great. <laughs> Great accent. I, I have not thought of Flight of the Concords in so long. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like all of a sudden I'm like I'm like I'm like transported back to thinking of Flight of the Concords. Yeah. And then funny thing, we, we haven't 
podcast is so long. Volleyball both made and got bumped, <laughs> bounced out of the tournament. No, um, they got. Oh, I mean, they got game. a great. They got a oh. great. They they got a great seat. They got a, a seating, so they got to uh, skip the first round of the tournament. So they're in the round of thirty-two. They're playing yeah. an undefeated team in Western Kentucky. Yes, they fall behind two sets. They win the next two, but then just run and, out of gas. And they didn't just. One. By the way, they didn't just win the next two. Like they they pretty much dominated. Yeah. The next two sets like they they sort of like all of a sudden it was like, oh, OK, they figured it out. They've been off. I mean, they were off for what, like two weeks right before yeah. the tournament. Yep. Um, so they hadn't played. And you look at it and you go, OK, now they, they are rolling. They are going to you know, they're going to they're, they're curb stomping them now. Like, this is great. Moving on to the fifth set. And then that fifth set did not go great. No, <laughs> it did not go great. I did see a lot of, you know, like, uh, you know, tweets after it. Like, that's OK. Good job. Oh, I'm so proud of the way this team fought. And I'm just like, I don't know, man. I have a hard time with that. I'm like, I'm like, man, you had them. You had them. Yeah. You had them. And then that those fifth sets, I will never understand why that fifth set is only 15 points. I'm just like, what are, are we tired? Are we, are we out of shape? Like what, like why can't we play a full fifth set? Like why can't we play to 25 on that last set? Like question. we do on the other ones. I, I don't, you know? And, and so the, the answer that I got from, uh, I think it was from Michael Preston, uh, in Slack was, well, that's what the Olympics do. And I'm like, well, why do the Olympics do that? Like, I'm like, this my, seems stupid. My, like, my guess is on. that it's, it's seen as like a tiebreaker. Like the fifth set is I a tiebreaker. And so you teach. I don't know, man. So yeah. Like if you, in tennis, if you finish six, six sets to six, like, I, I'm sorry. If you finish six games to six in a set. Right. They don't like. In in every sure, but they don't play less in the in the fifth. So the women only play three sets, right? The men play five. The men don't play a shorter set in the fifth set. The women don't play a shorter set in the third set. Like, why aren't we playing a full set? Well, I'm just saying to decide the sets themselves, they stop. They change the game to have a tiebreaker, um, unless it, unless it is uh, Wimbledon. Um, they have they have tiebreakers. Um, Wimbledon they don't they Wimbledon they don't have fifth set tiebreakers. They will play until forever. Um, but uh, but yeah, so I'm just I'm just saying like it, you're you're looking for an explanation, Jeff, but you just won't accept it. But that's my explanation. <laughs> I will not. Is is that the, is that they're saying okay? <laughs> if you if you truly want to win the match, it's you win three sets to one. But if you don't, yeah, if it's you, tied, it's a tiebreaker. Yeah, the th- fifth set is you've a tie only breaker. got. So you yeah. got 10 less points. You've only, so. you've only got 15 points to make your point. Get to it. Yeah. I don't know. It was, it was a bummer. It was, a I don't bummer. know. Just think um, of it this way, Jeff. If someone came in, is it like, think of any rule that, that you think is important in a sport that you follow a lot. And then you come and then someone who's only watched it, like, you know, barely <laughs> watched it at all. And is just rambling about it. And like, this is stupid. Like, this is some bullshit. Like, like, I don't know. What, like, you're, what's a you're rule okay, like that? Like, 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 you're like you. Um, maybe I. I don't know. Like, I don't know what a rule is like that. But like, I'm not going to think of one on the top of my head. I'm just making fun of you because <laughs> you don't know anything about volleyball, but you're willing to make fun of the it's rules. True. 
It's true. I don't know shit about volleyball. I, I will say, okay, the one I hear is, so as soccer fans, we hear, you know, why, why do they end in a draw? Right. So that's one we hear a lot. Right. Like that. So right. that's kind of a similar thing. You know, why do they end a draw or why do they, why do they do penalty kicks at the end of a, whatever, why don't they do overtime? You know, we hear those kinds of things. I guess maybe that's, I guess maybe that's close. Like, I don't know. Like there's definitely like debate about the value of penalty kicks. Um, there's not really debate yes. in soccer cir- circles about whether it should be draws or not. Right. But is okay. there a, well, there is, if, if you're dealing with like my dad, who's like, you know, Mr. America and is like, we don't do ties in America. What are you talking about? But I don't know. Does anybody have a good reason why it's only 15? I like other than just like philosophically. I don't know. Look have at you, it as a have you, have, how much research have you spent on this? Perhaps someone does like five seconds. Well, <laughs> at least five seconds. <laughs> Uh, anyway, I know people were excited. They, you know, I, I felt like, damn it, you know, like they, they had such an opportunity, but, uh, very, as we talked about before, very, very young team, uh, lots of freshmen. I mean, here we are talking about our basketball team, maybe making the NCAA tournament when all these talented freshmen become sophomores. And here's the volleyball team with all these freshmen that are like, yeah, you know, we got a top 16 seed in the NCAA tournament with all these freshmen. So. It's pretty badass, man. Jen Greeny's done a great job. Yeah, pretty great. Um, I I'm trying to look up uh, a reason. Um, Fifteen is a like a classic number in volleyball because that's what they used to go to before they implemented rally scoring, um, when it was only the serving team could score. Um, right. I think it's honestly, I think it's primarily to limit the duration of the matches. Um, and, and the reason they do it in tournament, like it's basically a tournament rule because, uh, you, you're trying to limit, uh, you're trying to schedule games all day. And so you're, you're limiting the, the, the number of uh, lame. Um, things. That's like the lamest reason. Is it? Yes. Are we, are we trying to figure out the most worthy victor or are we trying to schedule tournaments? I mean, how is how is a how is fifteen points and twenty like how is how is how are you worthy if you win to fifteen and if you not and not worthy if you win how are you worthy if you well, win but to how many, and not like, fifteen? <laughs> but how many times does a team get to fifteen and then like in, in, in the previous four sets, how many times does a team that gets to fifteen first actually end up not winning the set? I don't know. I bet I don't know either, but it seems like it happens first with most reasonable regularity. I would, I would get, you think so? Yeah. I would bet it's a significant, like, like, like a, like a 75 to 80% thing. Ooh, that seems like a lot. That seems like a lot. I don't know. I don't know. I wish I had the data, but I don't know anything. Just talking out of my ass now. Yeah. And so volleyball, um, baseball has been, uh, kind of, yeah, kind of struggling yeah. since they hit some of the better teams on their conference. Um, yeah, uh, you know they had a great thrashing of Arizona, but unfortunately, unlike uh, tournament soccer, um, they do not play aggregate scoring. 
Uh, <laughs> That'd be nice. They do not do that. Um, so WSU could not take its 19 runs at one by on Friday and apply those forward to the next two games. Um, so yeah, they, they ended up losing two of three to Arizona. They got, uh, swept by Arizona state. I want to say, um, lost two or three to Oregon state. We, we talked about Oregon state games already. Um, yeah, they got, uh, beat by Gonzaga and then that game ended because of a gruesome injury. Um, they did take two of three from Utah um, and they uh, lost two of three to Stanford after getting swept by Arizona state. So they obviously baseball play a lot of games. So um, they're sitting at uh, five and 10 in conference play right now. Um, I'm not sure. It seems like they would have to do quite a bit more to make postseason play. Uh uh yeah yeah um, a lot more yeah <laughs> so um, a lot more but but positive moves i mean the offense is obviously uh you know kind of come around a little bit you know common zardo I, I i saw something recently he was ranked in like the top 25 ish of hitters that are eligible for this season's draft um so that's like super awesome for him and for the program so maybe the last um, maybe his last season here <laughs> oh, I'd, I'd be surprised <laughs> yeah. if he came back. So, you know, good for him. Um, yeah, I, I know he's had a little bit of injury, some like kind of some niggling injuries. Um, but you know, it's, it, that that's, you know, it's a good thing. Programs on the right track. You know, they, they obviously are, are figuring some things out. Pitching still, uh, a pretty big weakness. Um, and we knew that Brian Green's strength coming in from Mexico state was developing hitters. That, that was kind of the big, the big selling point. On him, so now they they got to get the pitching in order, and uh, once they do, you know, I think I think we're you know on the obviously last year they didn't didn't have a season really, so you know really we're, this is basically year one essentially, um, so you know I'm I'm looking forward to what what year two brings next year. Yeah, and then even though this year's not over, and then our, our still watching this year, a bummer for our, our premier program soccer. Uh, uh, missed the tournament for the first time since what 2016. Fuck. Um, I was so mad about that. Uh, yeah, I mean, it, it wasn't after they drew against UW. Um, I kind of felt like they needed to win that one. Um, yep. And then they they drew against Oregon too. Like those those last yep. two matches you had at home. You probably needed yep. to at least get a win out needed of one to win. of those. Yeah, probably needed to win them both. Yeah, and so they, they they draw both and they they finish the season uh, six three and three two two and three in conference. Um, just didn't have the enough enough results. You know, you look back at that. You know, that first game against Utah, uh, which was a, the the one official conference game among the two, is uh, that was a, that was a draw having four matches canceled in a row. Um, you could look at them and, and same with uh, the volleyball team, just uh, the COVID cancellations really made things tough. Uh, you know, they both were hit hard by COVID and um, luckily it seems a lot of the players um, have been okay, but, and were able to return, but um, yeah. And, you know, uh, 
WSU is missing players, and, and obviously they expect to have Trinity Rodman, and they didn't have her, and so uh, and she's been looking really good in in uh, the NWSL. Um, coming in, yep. I, I see, oh my see a highlight from her every every game. Um, Would have been a massive difference maker. Yeah, holy crap. Yeah, she really was. She's incredible. Been. Yeah. Um, so, but I mean, they you know they took they took almost a month off. Yep. <laughs> because of COVID cancellations. Um, you know, they, they played that, that, that game you referenced that second game against Utah, uh, which they won. Right. And then Arizona state canceled, Arizona canceled, Cal canceled, Stanford canceled. And then they had a non-conference game against Washington. And that was the game they lost one to two with the, the howler right at the gun where it was kind of a rainy night and ball scoot. It kind of hits off the keeper's gloves right into the net uh, not even right into the net, like didn't even make it to the net. I don't think, I mean, I think it basically sneaked across the line. Um, and that really kind of seemed to be, you know, the, the, the sort of like story of the season right there is they lose that game to Washington, which Washington is having their best season in quite a while. They made the tournament. Uh, you know, you beat Colorado barely in overtime, you get thrashed by UCLA, you get, uh, beat by USC, you beat Oregon state, but then, you know, tie, tie, draw, draw to end of the year. And just very, very tough to make a case that, that the team, um, you know, deserved to be in the tournament, which again is, is, is such a major bummer and, um, you know, always fun to watch them play in the postseason, and, uh, they just didn't quite have it. And they're going to lose people too. Like I, like, um, they've got a couple of players who were drafted to the NWSL who played the season, and then are going to, you know, potentially join the NWSL next season. Uh, Michael Michael Mara Stevens is is kind of the big one. Um, she's a boss of the midfield. Uh, she's, you know, presumably moving on. So, uh, you know, we'll see. We'll see what happens. There's 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 definitely some little bit of uncertainty going forward with the players. Not that uh, we expect some sort of big drop off, but but yeah, def- well, yeah, definitely a little bit of like uncertainty trying to put it together for next year. When they when they when they Sign Trinity Robin. They can't have been. They they must have thinking of it. This is someone that's going to play for us for four years. You know they 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 weren't thinking this mm-hmm. is someone who's never going to play for us. You know so uh, right. Yeah. You know, so you know you lose a recruit like that and you, and just uh, I you know hopefully they can reload and 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 do that. Yep. They obviously have some recruiting prowess. <laughs> um, yeah. So uh, no doubt. So hopefully we can. Uh, we can see them come back and bounce back. I mean, they've just been good for so long that you expect it at this point. Um, yeah. Like it's hard. Like I looked at this one. Oh shit. They missed the tournament. Didn't expect that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like and when they, when they lost to Washington, it was like, shit, I really didn't expect that. Like that was frustrating. So yeah, it was, it was, it was a challenging season for them. No doubt. Um, you know, they, they, you know, they're not used to playing in the spring in Pullman, which let's be honest, is a pretty shitty time for soccer. Uh, you know, they, yeah, they, they had, had to play, games, they had to play th- they had games uh, five, in the bubble, yeah, four or five games in the bubble. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, so they had games in the bubble, um, played some games, you know, on their, on their home field, but just, you know, totally weird, totally unusual season. Um, I'm not going to read too much into it, but at the same time, I don't really like the fact that, Washington seems to be kind of getting their shit together um, because we we've sort of owned them for the last decade or so. And so uh, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that idea, but 
at the same time, you know, I'm also I'm also not hitting the panic button. So, yeah. All right, man. Uh, I think that that was all. That's it. That's all. You think so? Yeah. I think we did a good enough job. <laughs> um, I don't know about that. It was probably a crap job. Yeah. But well, we definitely did it. We talked about the basketball. Whatever it was, we did it. Yeah, we, we managed to spend most of the time on the men's basketball team, as we usually do. Um, yes. Uh, but, yeah, so uh, if you uh, if you like what you hear, rate us five stars. Subscribe if you haven't done that. Um, tell a friend about us, you know. That's people. That's, Hell, yeah. That's, I've got, I get most of my, like, new podcasts because, like, my, a friend tells me about it, you know. Like, and yep. so uh, – if you like it, just tell tell your other kook friends. Hey, listen to this. Uh, listen to these idiots. Uh, they talk forever about God knows what. Um, yes. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, so rate us five stars. Do all that. Um, you can follow me on Twitter at the Craig Powers. You can follow Jeff at Pod P O D versus everyone. Pod versus everyone. Um, I have my my email. My Pod versus everyone email has been a ghost town recently, and I guess that's what happens when oh. you don't record an episode for three weeks um yeah probably but i would love to get emails i love getting emails podcast vs everyone at gmail.com podcast versus everyone at gmail.com send us questions comments um we're also still looking for shirt designs if you if you have any shirt design ideas let us know um yeah i, th- I think that's that's it that's all jeff so yeah go cool so Go Coots. Black Lives Matter, Craig. Black Lives Matter.